0: Good morning, noon, and night. How are you guys doing? My name is Ryan. I am the producer of the Building Great Sales Team's podcast, but you guys already know that, and you probably know what time it is. It is time for another best of, so let's get into the best episodes, in my opinion, of the month of February. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. Now, usually with these best of episodes, you guys know that I've been trying to give you guys a little direction of why I went there. I think this episode is going to be a testament of our goal to be a lot more tactical on this podcast, as well as bringing that value that you guys come to love with us having stories told. Um, but these episodes, I think, are, I think, with February, we touched on a lot of things that. Um, successful salespeople need to have. And since we are helping you build your team to have successful salespeople, I think these episodes were super important. All the episodes in the month of February kind of lean towards investing, right? So uh, the first episode that I want to bring to light is our very special uh, Valentine's Day episode It is not the month of February if you do not talk about Valentine's Day, and uh, Doug tells us exactly how he felt. Let's take a look.
1: Guys, welcome back to Building Great Sales Teams. We got a casual one for you today. I just want to say that Valentine's Day is so incredibly dumb, and so many people get suckered into celebrating it every year, including myself, unfortunately, (laughs) so... But the question is, why do I feel that way? You know, other than it being a Hallmark holiday and other than, you know, not wanting to be cliche because, you know, I'm kind of an anti-cliche kind of guy, unless you're talking about Texas, right? But the reason that I feel that way is because in the last couple of years, I've been very intentional about my relationships, because I believe being intentional about relationships makes you a great leader. And that's one of the ways that you build great sales teams, right? I talk about it all the time. When managing large amounts of salespeople, doing things like a one-on-one, when they're two weeks into the position, can make all the difference. That's you intentionally managing that relationship. It's a lot different most people, Most people go through life not being intentional about anything. Everything that they do is reactive. You know what I'm saying? They go to school. They go to college because somebody told them to go to college to get a good job. They get a good job. They go to work. They do what their bosses tell them to do. They sit in traffic. They go home. They spend time with their families. You know what I'm saying? But it's all reactive. In order to get them out of their comfort zone, something negative is going to happen to drive them to that point. Most people live in a negative, motivated mindset, right? And so how can being intentional about relationships make you a better leader? Well, the first thing that we have to do is define what is an intentional relationship versus a passive one. Well, in the same sense that you're passive and let life happen to you, if you're passive about your relationships, then they're only going to go so far right and so we all have those relationships where hey we like the people we meet them for the first time we talk about doing all this amazing stuff together maybe it's at a mastermind event maybe it's at a birthday maybe it's at a barbecue you know we they really pass the vibe check but what happens all too often is the next day real life happens every day it's work again it's family again It's kids, it's sporting events or uh, their extracurriculars, it's more work. And then we get back in our routines and we get back in being passive, right? And so I have a ton of those relationships that are incredibly passive. The only time I see these people is at Apex events and uh, on social media, right? Always supporting on social, always commenting on their stuff, always uh, having great conversations and impactful conversations at Apex events or RBO events. But at the end of the day, our relationship is passive. If we didn't have that event, if we weren't invested in Apex or RBO, we would never talk in person. It would just be a social media following type deal. That is a passive relationship, okay? And so the next thing we have to look at is what is an intentional relationship? Okay. Like all things, intentions rely on controllable actions. People say at the end of the day, if you wanted to do something, you would. Okay. And the way that I know that you want to do something is you're taking the controllable actions in order to do that thing or in order to invest in that thing. All right. So the next question is, when should we invest in a relationship? And As you get older, this filtering process becomes more and more important because if you don't filter, you'll end up investing in relationships that rob you of your peace, relationships that rob you of success, relationships that rob you of your positive mindset or your growth mindset or your abundant mindset. So you do have to make sure that they pass a certain filter. This is life. Things just can't happen naturally if we... if they do then we become passive again so an intentional filter around these people that you want to invest into a relationship with and start taking controllable actions to invest into into that relationship okay so the first thing they got to do is they got to pass the vibe check you guys know what that is when you meet someone and your energy is on point they're matching your energy maybe they're even high energy and you're low energy but both of y'all's energy is positive right? Energy is a real thing. Again, if you get into an uh, active relationship, that their energy is always draining and they're always coming to you for solutions and they're always coming to you with, your, with their problems. That's going to bring you down constantly. The relationship has to go both ways, whether it's in business or in your personal life. It's got to go both ways. It just does. That's, that's the law of the universe, the law of reciprocity has to happen or eventually you are going to actively invest in getting out of that relationship, right? So they got to pass the vibe check. They got to offer you some kind of value. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm, I'm the first one to be a mentor to, 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 to give value without expecting to receive anything in return. But eventually that relationship is going to be one-sided. You know what I'm saying? I'm always going to be nice. I'm always going to Uh, passively offer value where I can but at the end of the day I can't invest in that relationship because it's only going to be a one-sided investment right Um, the other other, uh, thing that we need to be looking at and filtering for is their social media Um, if you meet somebody in person and you vibe with them in person you know you never know is that the real person right and so you go on social media and you look for signs, right? If they're complaining about stuff, they're being negative, if they're uh, talking crap about their competition in their business, you know what I'm saying? You see all these little red flags, even on social media, as highlight real as it's supposed to be, there's still red flags in the way that people word things, in the way that people present things that tell you right away, like, hey, something's not right about that you know what i mean if i had that issue with that person i probably wouldn't put it on social media and they did so what does that mean you know what i'm saying and so look for things like that and then in general you just want them to be positive you know we we really don't have the time or energy for people in our lives that are negative right we're always going to try to turn that mindset around and get them to make that shift but at a certain point you're going to have to cut bait right and so once you go through that filtering process and you decide, hey, this is someone that I
0: want to invest my time in,
1: there I feel like there's levels to intention.:
0: So the first thing we're talking about in this episode is that investment of time. The first thing that you need to do that I think it just highlights our, our uh, month of February with our investments, is that investing in your time into people that you actually want to be a part of your life. If you're not investing in people who are going to be a positive influence that are going to um, steer you in the right direction that are um, just generally helpful to you, then it's you're wasting that time that you could be spending on something else, right? Um, one thing that I firmly believe is that your energy with someone needs to be reciprocated. I a hundred percent agree with Doug on that. Um, If you are constantly pouring out and you're not being poured into, then you're going to be no good at the end of the day. You're going to be absolutely no good. So that's why the first thing that you need to do is make sure that you are investing in those friendships. Right? So, the next thing, after you've invested in those friendships, you've invested in those people in your life, you want to figure out, because you know you're a successful salesperson, you want to figure out how do I invest in my business, right? So we had a guest on the podcast. His name was Zach Johnson, right? So Zach Johnson came on the show and he explained the different entities that we can set up as when we are successful salespeople, right? Do you want to be an S-Corp? Do you want to do LLC? Do you want to do um, sole propriety, pr- pr- propriety? However you want to do that. But you need to make sure that you are set up correctly and you want to make sure that you're investing in yourself for the future. So let's have Mr. Johnson come up here and tell us about it.
1: When it comes to in- entity structure. What do you recommend? And let's just, let's start with, uh, you know, high income sales rep, what kind of uh, entity do you recommend that they open
2: up? So high income, we're going to say high incomes, you know, 300 plus, mm-hmm. you know, for solar that I think that's a pretty even low number for a high earner. But um, when you're at that kind of a level, you obviously want to have, you have to have in order for you to be able to take advantage of the tax advantages of structuring yourself as a, as a company or a corporation, you have to start out setting yourself up as an LLC. Mm-hmm. So from a legal stamp, uh, standpoint, you're able to establish yourself as a bona fide business from a tax standpoint. As a single member LLC, you're going to be taxed the same as if you didn't have that LLC, your sole right. proprietor either way. Mm-hmm. And so but it's a necessary step to be able to take the next step? which mm-hmm. is now once you're at that level where you're making high, you know, $300,000, 400000 a year, mm-hmm. pretty comfortably. Then you can look at filing yourself as an S corp from the, from the tax side. So again, you're still an LLC, but instead of being taxed as a sole proprietorship, you're now being taxed as an S corp. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of requirements and ramifications that you have to maintain for you to be able to keep that status and then be able to take advantage of the, um, the uh, tax breaks and benefits of that mm-hmm. um, and that's where you want to start now people i've had people ask like well what about a c corporation like well you know c corporations like we're talking your million dollar earner or multi million dollar company there's mm-hmm. a lot of other things that go with that but we don't want to get so wrapped up in like ah oh, that's where I want to get to it's like well right that's a good idea but again we want to start out with the basics because if you don't have something foundational set up Mm-hmm. You know, this whole lofty long term, like this is where I want to get to is like, it's it's going to be a great thought and a great idea, mm-hmm. but it's going to be a lot more painful and a lot more work for you if you try to retroactively go back and do this after you've already yeah. made a ton of money.
1: Yeah, that's what I did. That was fun.
2: Uh, now <laughs> now my entity
1: structure needs a uh, uh, a flow chart. Yeah. I ended up <laughs> making a flow chart for my entity structure just to send it to my um, CPA to make sure that we were on the same page. I was just like, this is getting too crazy. I've got to mm-hmm. organize this in my head, which means organize it on paper, you know, <laughs> yeah. and that's all kinds of fun. Okay. So yeah. now they're, they're at the LLC level or they're at the S corp level. And from what I understand about an S corp is you have to pay yourself a salary,
2: correct? Mm-hmm. In order for it to Huge. be, that's like one of the main qualifiers to be an S corp. Really? Yeah. That's, that's it. Like if you want to start taking advantage of it and start rolling with it, like that's the like number one thing that you have to get set up. You have to get yourself on payroll. Now people think, well, I'll just transfer, you know, $4,000 a month out of the business to my personal. Mm -hmm. No, (laughs) that's what you can do or what you could do before you filed as an S corp. Now you actually have to get on a payroll software of sorts, a a company that's going to automate it for you. One. So again, it's, not having to involve so much of your time to be able to manage and run that. Mm -hmm. But two, it's taking out those withholding taxes and and other taxes for you automatically. So now you're kind of back at where you were before solar, before being an independent sales rep, now collecting a check. But this time it's your business and you're cutting yourself a check. So it's kind of neat in that regard, but you have to absolutely have to put yourself on payroll to be able to maintain that status and those tax advantages with it. Well, and i like that structure because it forces you to save for your taxes you know mm-hmm. it's one thing if you're a seasoned business
1: owner and you're you know you have your tax allocation but that's going into a six-month investment you're making mm-hmm. money on it and you know right. at the end of that six months you get it back so you're actually you know but even then i'm like no i just want the money to go away so i don't have the responsibility of not having it when tax time comes right yeah. And so I know that's a flaw of mine, but right now it works for me. Right. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> but, but anyways, uh, so when we're talking about the, the graduation of it here, um, mm-hmm. you got the S Corp, you're paying yourself. And let, let's just say you, you start your own sales work
3: mm-hmm.
1: or you have a big enough team to where, okay, I'm earning a million dollars a year in overrides and commissions. And now mm-hmm. I want to make real estate investments. You know what I mean? I want to invest in crypto, which is mm-hmm. a whole nother rabbit hole. We won't go down because that'll take the whole yeah. show. But um, I, w- I want to start making investments. I want to start putting something aside, you know, to grow, mm-hmm. right? What What are some entity, uh, I guess, setups that they can look at in doing that?
2: It's a great question um, from a, uh a setup standpoint and basically the structure is is for any other business or any other kind of um, revenue stream that you want to start doing, you know, real estate is a pretty common one, especially for high income reps getting into Mm -hmm. the rental long-term rental, or even just the short-term rental game. Mm -hmm. Um, My suggestion is to get a separate entity for that. And so that now becomes a second company Mm -hmm. and you're able to manage that um, as its own business. Uh, You'll want to start, I guess, depending on what you're able to do to get that off the ground, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't worry about trying to do that high level incorporation or anything Mm -hmm. like that. But again, just kind of work through the process. You kind of want to take a look at, okay, well, I want to get into this game. How am I going to start? And then what do I want to grow it to? Mm -hmm. And if you're able to figure that out and sort of plan it out, not super intense, but again, just kind of get a vision, so to speak, um, of what you're wanting to accomplish with that and how you want it to look you'll then be able to know what you need to set yourself up as. I mean, baseline, depending on what it is you're trying to get into, a legal structure, forming an LLC is always the best bet. Yep. Um,
0: So that moves past your personal relationships and that goes into your business, right? What do you need to invest in? How do you need to set yourself up as a company essentially after you as a sales rep have made it so to speak and Zach broke down the different ways that you can set yourself up as a business as a legitimate business um, to take advantage of the tax codes and have the tax codes work for you not against you and I think that's super important it's super important and it leads us to the next thing that we have which is taking that money now that you have set yourself up properly to um, take care of now and the future. One of those things that uh, Zach even said that a lot of sales reps, once they start making that kind of money, start investing in is real estate. We have Mr. Quentin West, who's going to break down uh, real estate arbitrage for us. So let's um, invite Mr. West back onto the podcast.
1: You know, anybody that has a sales team to do is bring in real estate experts right? Yeah. And so you, you got these guys that all of a sudden are making a hundred grand a year and they've only made 50 before or something like that. They got all this extra money. They go out and get the house, they go out and get the car, you know, and maybe, maybe they're living to that hundred grand a year, but maybe they're not. If they're single, then they shouldn't be right. Yeah. But what advice do you have for that salesperson? That's just making a hundred grand a year for the first time and how they can utilize, you know, maybe, maybe they've got 20 grand in expendable income annually how would they convert that into a portfolio you start with real estate or do you go straight arbitrage or what do you think
3: so i think arbitrage is the best first step that anybody can take into real estate Mm -hmm. the reason why is like arbitrage i see it more as a business instead of an investment uh because Mm -hmm. it 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 is active even though we've kind of automated everything Mm -hmm. and uh I work very little on my actual portfolio, less than an hour a day. Um, it, it's still active income, and that's why you're you're making more money per property. But the reason I, the biggest reason why I recommend it as a first step is because it takes very little money to start. You can even start with zero money by co-hosting for other people. That's mm-hmm. where you find somebody that already owns a property, or they might even be arbitraging it. And then you charge them 15 to 25% of their gross income to manage Mm -hmm. it. And at that point you're getting your reps in. Yeah, exactly. So even if you have to manage the first one for free, once you get Uh that first one and you show that you can be successful with managing property, now you have that on your books to show people. And, you know, when you go and meet with other owners, the, the biggest thing I recommend is going to like real estate meetups. You've got mm-hmm. long term investors there, and for you to tell them that you can double or triple their profits by handing their property over to you, they're going to go nuts. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, that's why, I mean, if, if we marketed that we manage property more, we'd probably have twice or three times what we do. We just yeah. don't. It's just from people that, you know, contacted me directly or found yeah. that we manage a lot of properties in the area. But uh, that's why I say it's a great first step. You can get into it with no credit, no money. Um, and then, you know, as you have that experience and you have more confidence, now mm. you can start putting your own money or somebody else's into it. Like when I first started, I partnered with other people. you know, They put up the money, we split the profits. Mm-hmm. And then later on, when, you know, we decided that, uh, you know, either he can take over the property full time and buy me out or, vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's a great, great first step in stepping stone, uh, to any new investor. So if I'm a, a salesperson, I probably work
1: 40 to 50 hours a week. So what am I looking at adding to my plate? If I want to like arbitrage just one property.
3: I you mean, think? you could start, you could start with 30 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, if you actually knew the, the little amount of work it involved, it would drive you crazy because that's <laughs> it's, it's no work, really. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, now we have like I start when I first started, I was cold calling two hours a day, mm-hmm. but then I found out that I didn't have to do that. I could save my searches with my criteria on Zillow and then just copy and paste, um, every single day my script to the save searches, which takes less than 30 minutes. So that's exactly what I started doing and teaching other people to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it it takes very little time. And that's part of your uh, coaching process
1: is teaching that tactical way to get those properties in which you could arbitrage.
3: Yes, exactly. And we even help them. So if if it's somebody that is making good money in sales and they just don't have the time or don't want to make the time, and now we we help people source virtual assistants. So Mm -hmm. now we can help them find a philippines-based philippines-based virtual assistant that they can pay 4 dollars an hour to to do all their their uh, cold outreach and you know there we've got a system down to where she cuts through she submits it to a, a uh, data software called air dna that will oh, yeah. tell us tell us around how much the property will make mm-hmm. if it meets our criteria then she puts it into a, a spreadsheet for me that I can review at the end of the day. So everything's, nice. everything's automated. It, it cuts hundreds of hours off of my plate because I only see th- the properties that the owner's already confirmed. They're willing to work with us and yeah. they make profits. There you have it guys.
0: We talked about three, different types of investments that you need to be making in your life as a human and as a sales rep to be great, right? Um, this is stuff that you can uh, share with your team. I encourage you to share it with your team. Uh, number one, the first thing was to invest in your relationships, invest in the people that you have around you, invest your time in something that is going to give you a return on investment. The next thing was To invest in yourself, invest in your business, invest in creating what you need to be legitimate in the tax world, legitimate in the business world. So that way you don't end up having the tax codes work against you. And lastly, investing in real estate, investing in assets that you can make money with. So that way you're not just hoarding your money. You're not just holding on to your money. You actually have things and making your money work for you. Thank you guys so much for sticking with us for this episode of Building Great Sales Teams podcast. As always, we ask that you like, share, and leave us a review and let us know how we've helped you today. Um, Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Let's get building. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Building Great Sales Teams podcast. We really do appreciate it. As you know, we believe that great leaders build great teams. How do you become a great leader? You learn from the greats. Join us at the Million Dollar Mastermind put on by Ryan Steumann in Frisco, Texas, and learn everything that you need to learn to be that great leader. The link will be in the description below. As always, we ask that you like, share, and subscribe wherever you consume podcasts so you can stay up to date with the Building Great Sales Team's podcast. Let's get building.